Welcome to the Matt Watch That Podcast, the place for reviews, rants, and randomness. I'm your host, Matt Sarosky, filmmaker, film fan. Each episode, I'm going to watch a movie or TV pilot that I probably should have seen but never got around to. It could be a recent favorite, critic's choice, or cult classic. To join in on the conversation, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed, or suggestions as to what I should see next, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Before we start, I think the Grammys are the most entertaining awards show. It realized many years ago that people weren't necessarily interested in who wins. It's about watching the performances of the diverse group of musical acts. And the show this year certainly delivered. The highlight had to be Stevie Wonder's tribute to Barry Gordy and Smokey Robinson. Though they could have put his keyboards closer together, watching him walk from each instrument had me stressing out, man. And I have no idea who Chris Stapleton is, but after that appearance and his national anthem at the Super Bowl, I'm a fan. But of course, no award show goes without controversy. Bonnie Raitt was a surprise winner for Song of the Year, prompting outrage on the social sphere though the criticism was misguided. You see, Song of the Year is awarded to the songwriter. It doesn't mean that it's the most popular song of the year, the most streamed song of the year, or the most downloaded song of the year. It goes to the person or persons who came up with the lyrics and music, which doesn't always reflect who actually recorded it, i.e. Record of the Year. And can we just give props that she was the sole songwriter? The rest of the nominees had two to nine songwriters each. But I find it funny that the people who claim to want diversity were the same ones that were shouting, Why is this old broad winning an award? And for the hundreds of people that thought they were being clever by tweeting, Who's Bonnie Raitt? In an attempt to make the Grammys look foolish, you've only done that to yourself. But I don't want to degrade anyone. It seems that our society is quick to shame people for not knowing a bit of information. Rather than acting in shock, which usually puts someone on the defensive, Take the time to empathize and educate. It's much more effective. But come on, how do you not know Bonnie Raitt? On to the main attraction. Each review will end with a ranking out of five stars. One star is Skip It. Two stars Watch at Your Own Risk. Three stars Standard Fair. Four stars Worth Checking Out. And five stars Must See. Now, if I give a title five stars, it doesn't mean I'm comparing it to Casablanca, Jaws, or Seinfeld. I rank titles based on other movies or TV series in that genre and at that time period. On this episode of the podcast, I'll be reviewing Farscape from 1999. So how'd I miss it? Well, I was watching Sci-Fi Network a lot during this period, and I saw plenty of promos for it. But it's a continuous series, and I caught it somewhere in the middle of the second season, so nothing made sense. And this was slightly before everything was available for streaming, so I never got the chance to go back to the beginning. Granted, streaming has been around for a while, and I've just gotten around to it now. The pilot was directed by Andrew Prowse, who helmed episodes of Rush, Home and Away, and The Heights. The screenplay was written by the creator, Rockney S. O'Bannon, who scribed episodes of The Triangle, Cult, and Defiance. 
It stars Ben Browder as John Crichton. He was born in Memphis, Tennessee and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. He got a degree in psychology from Furman University. He moved to London to study at the Central School of Speech and Drama. He appeared in a few TV movies and episodes of Grace Under Fire, Melrose Place, and Murder, She Wrote. In 1996, he was cast in a recurring role on Party of Five, but his breakthrough would be as John Crichton in Farscape. After its conclusion, he appeared as Lieutenant Colonel Cameron Mitchell on Stargate SG-1 for 40 episodes from 2005 to 2007. Claudia Black portrays Officer Aaron Sun. She was born and raised in Sydney, Australia. She starred in the soap opera City Life for 26 episodes from 1996 to 1998. She made her feature-length movie debut in Pitch Black with Vin Diesel, and followed that up with a role in Queen of the Damned, starring the late Aaliyah. She appeared in episodes of Hercules, Xena Warrior Princess, and Beastmaster before being cast in Farscape. After the series wrapped, like Ben Browder, she earned the role of Valimal Durin in Stargate SG-1. She's a prolific voiceover artist for video games including Uncharted, Mass Effect, and Gears of War. This is something to look out for. The series was a vehicle to showcase the abilities of Jim Henson's Creature Shop, which would create the alien beings. So let's jump into it. Childhood friends, astronaut John Crichton, and scientist Douglas D.K. Knox, who now work together at the International Aeronautics and Space Administration, set out to prove their theory that a manned spacecraft can overcome atmospheric friction and exponentially increase its speed using only a planet's natural gravitational pull. On launch day, John is greeted by his father, Jack, who tells him that Pete Maxwell and the flight control team will take care of him while he's out in space. Before entering the Farscape 1 pod, Jack presents his son with a puzzle ring as a good luck charm, which was given to him by Yuri Gagarin, a Soviet astronaut and first man to travel into space. Commander John Crichton will be piloting a craft that he designed, and attempt to use the Earth's gravity as a speed booster, which will catapult him into space at record speeds. If successful, it would be the first step toward interstellar travel. After launch, DK at the flight control room informs John that meteorology reports some kind of electromagnetic wave, and they soon lose contact with the spacecraft. He can no longer hear their instructions to abort the mission. John unknowingly heads into a wormhole, which has transported him to an unknown part of the universe. Upon exit, his ship gets intercepted by a larger craft, which houses a group of escaped prisoners. Here's a quote without context. Boy, was Spielberg ever wrong. Farscape was an interesting concept and entertaining pilot. I haven't seen Ben Browder in much, but he portrays John Crichton as a working-class guy who makes jokes and pop culture references, much different than past commanders or captains, such as Kirk. The character has his father's legacy to compete with, but instead of living in the shadows and being bitter, he seems to embrace it with nonchalance. I really like the sets. I've always preferred practical elements. It had a typical futuristic look, but was mixed with a bit of rustic design. The special effects were impressive, especially for a cable television show in the late 90s, early aughts. It does have that video game look, but it's smoother than most CGI of the time. The makeup is flawless, especially on the extraterrestrials. It looks organic, each species is brilliantly designed. The puppets are a highlight, not surprisingly since they were created by Jim Henson's Creature Shop. It makes such a difference in the believability of having the physical actors immersed and on set versus created digitally later. 
even though it wasn't written by the Henson crew, the puppets do have the curiosity and humor of Muppets. The series was eventually cancelled due to the high budget of the show, which is unsurprising given how remarkable it looks. Now for a little trivial trivia. The pilot episode contained more CGI shots than the entirety of the movie Independence Day. Farscape was produced by the Jim Henson Company and Hallmark Entertainment. It was filmed in Australia, and all the actors are native of the land down under, except for Ben Browder. The cinematography was captured by Craig Barden, whose filmography includes episodes of Scooter, Secret Agent, City Homicide, Wentworth, and the Dr. Blake Mysteries. It was edited by Mark Perry, who worked on episodes of McLeod's Daughters, The Alice, Lockie Leonard, Dance Academy, and Rake. The score was composed by Chris Neal and Brady Neal from Subvision. Guy Gross took over the music duties in later seasons and is best known for the adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. The runtime is 50 minutes. It was nominated for one Primetime Emmy Award in 2002 for Outstanding Costumes for a Series. I give it 3.5 out of 5 stars. Farscape was on for four seasons, 88 episodes from 1999 to 2003. It was planned for five seasons but cancelled after the cliffhanger finale of season four. It would be wrapped up in the miniseries Farscape, The Peacekeeper Wars, which was directed by Brian Henson. It originally aired on the Sci-Fi Channel and is currently streaming on Peacock. If you've seen Farscape and have opinions on the series, let me know what you think using the hashtag MattWatchThat. Move in right along. Each episode, I'm going to post clips that I think people should watch. It could be movie trailers, music videos, interviews, or something completely random. Search for my YouTube page and there will be a playlist called Matt Watch That Playback. Dark Shadows was a gothic soap opera that ran from 1966 to 1971 about the aristocratic Collins family who live in Collinwood Mansion atop Widow's Hill in Collinsport, Maine, where supernatural events are known to occur. It starred Jonathan Frid, Grayson Hall, Alexandra Isles, Nancy Barrett, Louis Edmonds, David Selby, and veteran film star Joan Bennett. Upon its premiere, it failed to find an audience until they added vampire Barnabas Collins to the series, at which the ratings started to increase, especially among a younger audience. By 1969, it was one of the most popular soap operas on ABC, but two years later, it was cancelled. Due to the work schedule and the costly special effects, most of the scenes were shot in one take, which led to many of the bloopers and outtakes to stay in the episodes, including line flubs, forgotten lines, visible boom mics or crew members, malfunctioning props, and set issues. No one thought that there would be home video, or VCRs, or hundreds of channels that would repeat some of this programming, so they never had any second thoughts about keeping them in. But the soap opera was the first to be offered in syndication, meaning that these mistakes would go on to live in infamy, and with the invention of YouTube, they'll never die. There were two theatrical films based on the series, House of Dark Shadows in 1970, and Night of Dark Shadows in 1971. A reimagining directed by Tim Burton was released in 2012, starring Johnny Depp, Michelle Pfeiffer, Ava Green, and Helena Bonham Carter. A 1991 series remake only lasted 12 episodes before cancellation. Dark Shadows has been spun off into audio dramas, novels, and comics. I've selected a couple of bloopers, and they're all available in the Matt Watch That Playback playlist on YouTube. Check it out. Now it's time for the recommendation. 
Yes, that's the word recommendation with Matt in the middle. I'm going to end each podcast with my own recommendation of a movie or TV series. Today I'm talking about Perfect Bid, The Contestant Who Knew Too Much. It's a documentary by filmmaker C.J. Wallace that tells the story of Ted Slauson, a math teacher who memorized the prices of the products featured on The Price is Right to help contestants make the perfect bid, which would result in a cash bonus in contestants' row and a double showcase win in the showcase showdown. On an episode in 2008, contestant Terry Neese was called to come on down, and with the assistance of Ted, was able to make the perfect bid of $23,743, resulting in $56,437 worth of prizes. Realizing their mistake, the producers of The Price is Right started to change their product brands more frequently. This reminded me of other game show scandals from the past, There were two documentaries on Michael Larson called Big Bucks, The Press Your Luck Scandal in 2003, and Cover Story, The Press Your Luck Scandal in 2018. For those unfamiliar with that program, Press Your Luck was a game show where you answer questions to earn spins, and in the next round, you play against the big board which has cash and prizes, and whammies that will take all your earnings. While between jobs, Michael started watching game shows. He used his VCR to record episodes of Press Your Luck and realized there was a pattern to the quote-unquote randomizer that lit up the different boxes. He also noticed that there were two squares that didn't have any whammies, one of which was worth $3,000 to $5,000 in the second big board round. Michael kept buzzing in and raking in the dough to the tune of $110,237 in cash and prizes. In both instances, neither contestant cheated, they outsmarted the system. Unlike the 1950s game show scandals, where producers would give certain contestants the answers to prearranged outcomes to improve ratings, most notably 21 and the $64,000 question. Perfect Bid, the contestant who knew too much, was released in 2017 and won Best Documentary Feature at the Orlando Film Festival. It's currently streaming on Netflix. That's all for this edition of Matt Watch That. Thanks for listening to me babble. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed or suggestions as to what movie or TV pilot I should see, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Head over to MattSarosky.com for the latest news and updates. And come back next time for the reviews, rants, and randomness. She earned the role of Valamal Duran in Stargate Strait. She earned the role of Valamal Duran. Doran. She earned the role of Valada. She earned the role of Valamala. <laughs> Claudia Black portrays Officer Aaron Skye, or Sun. Sun, Sky, either way. He moved to London to study at the Centre School of, of Speech and Drama, something that I think I need.